Hi and hello and welcome to the rbr.music podcast. My name is Steve Curley and as always I'm joined by the creator of the rbr.music Instagram page, Jordan Murray. Hello. Hello. Each week in true RBR fashion, we're bringing you classic and new album reviews. It's our mission to cut through the noise to discuss the sound. On the rbr.music radar this episode, we're going to be discussing Chloe, The Next 20th Century, the fifth studio album of an American musician, Father John Misty. Previously known as Jay Tillman, with a further eight albums and a music career spanning over 20 years, this artist offers folk, rock, beautiful lyrics and sounds with a quirky twist. Over to you, Jordan. Okay, Father John Misty. I really love Fear Fun in 2012. I love You Honey Bear in 2015. Anyone listening who hasn't listened to I Love You Honey Bear, please go out and listen to it. That is a really incredible album. I went to see him live off that album and his live act was really good. As the years have progressed, he has become a bit samey, dare I say boring. He can be totally charming or gratingly smug. Chloe in the next 20th century, I find him really disappearing up his own bum. His lyrics are kind of memorable, but there's it's nothing to write home about. Tillerman, a.k.a. Father John Misty, is previously written for enormous pop artists like Beyonce, Lady Gaga and Post Malone, but here he downplays the hooks in favour of what feels like a stylistic exercise in retro crooning or Pixar movie orchestration, which, you know, it does wear a bit thin after 50 minutes with a harpsichord playing smooth saxophone. It just, for me, it just drags and drags and drags I I listened to it the first few listens I was like yeah it's back at his best because I was really hoping he'd he'd return to the sort of I love you honey bear period and every time I gave it another listen I found myself switching the record off because it, it just wasn't gripping me and there's more music out there for me to be gripped by I know he has a huge following people I guess he's like uh, Marmite you either love him or you hate him or you don't mind him (laughs) Uh, exactly like Marmite (laughs) yeah I just couldn't get into this album at all like I've listened to it and I'm hard pressed to find any songs or any lyrics that really stood out on me it's interesting you say this because we didn't talk about this at all until we started recording did we we sort of put this out there as one to listen to and i know you've been a fan of him for quite a while i didn't know i knew of him i do remember listening to jay tillman on a number of playlists and i do i I do remember enjoying that because i really like a good singer songwriter and he was the drummer of the fleet yeah yeah yeah. so he comes from good good stock his background is impressive i mean his back catalogue is fairly impressive it's just getting a bit samey sorry i just thought i'd interrupt no 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 well well, obviously not having too much reference to him it's i I can't say it's samey but what i can say it just didn't catch me yeah as i was making my notes to talk today i kind of liked him more because i was creating a narrative which is surely the wrong way around for an album but are you are you forcing yourself to like it yeah that's what i mean I, i think it's the wrong way around i'm trying to find things to say and looking into it and it didn't catch me I listened. I know, I know you like I, I know you like lo-fi albums uh, or lo-fi artists, singer-songwriter stuff. But I feel this is too sleepy. This should have been up my street, and it really just didn't. It just didn't tick enough boxes at all. I can respect yeah. the talent. I can genuinely hear that he's obviously a chap of great sort of ability, and you know you don't have twenty years worth of kind of successful music writing for himself and others without kind of you know having that quality to your name. But yeah. I suppose the biggest compliment I can play pay to him is 
when listening to this album there is a really nice arc back to 70s songwriter storytelling which i enjoyed i quite liked that little nod to the past i didn't like the the musical interludes that were a bit kind of out of place on the album like the sort of theater yeah. of 1950s or even 1920s really sort of well it's funny it's funny you, you said the 50s and actually the, the the word crooner you said before as i first listened to it and i listened i always listen to an album without doing any research first because i feel like it's a, a nice way just to be introduced yeah. to it i first thought was why do we need yeah. a crooner we've got a back catalogue of crew, crooners going back to the classic era why do we need to have a younger version of that because I just I know that sounds really non-progressive in music terms but it didn't feel like it fitted there are a couple of songs I do quite like I've listened back to those songs I've only probably listened to the album front to back three four times maximum and I might have cut off a little bit mentally while listening so I might be a little bit scathing unfairly but that's the problem yeah if you're cutting off then it's, it's not working yeah. for you I really like at first I really liked Goodbye Mr Blue yeah the song but then I realised that's just Harry Nielsen. So it was the music of that. Uh, everybody's talking, Harry Nielsen. Yeah. So it's just so it's like he's he's just singing his own lyrics. Well, he is singing his own lyrics, but it's like when you're in the car singing the lyrics wrong. So it's like as soon as I remembered that was Harry Nielsen's yeah. music, I was like, this is just a not. Are you being lazy or like this isn't working for me? Yeah, it's funny. I I did need you to acknowledge that to me for me to put the connection together. And the minute you said it, I was like, yeah, it might as well just be that soundtrack underneath some of the lyrics. I do quite like that song. Get it's a bit weird as a sort of rip off on some level, but I liked it because it was that storytelling I referred to before. You know, there was a bit of a Jimmy Webb, Billy Joel kind of vibe to it. You know, Simon and Garfield. You know, like it just there was a, there was a little bit more to that, and I suppose that did keep me listening to see if there was any more of that. Sadly, couldn't find too much more of that for me. I, I don't like the opening, opening track at all. I think the opening tracks just doesn't seem to tell you what the album's going to be or where it's going to sit I'd you see it's in by and large it's a concept album yeah it's about chloe who commits suicide at the end of the opening track he introduces so many new characters you get lost at what's actually happening there's just character after character and again i'm thinking is being too smug it's just aren't i brilliant at my craft at being a songwriter and i'm like He's got too many yes men around him. It's like, I'll just simmer down, mate. You're just annoying me. I think there's lots of artists like him, people with real like credentials yeah. and kind of, you know, can write for themselves and others. Um, you know, you and I have been fans of similar artists over the years and thoroughly enjoyed what they kind of adapt to. It sounds like from what you've said that the progression, we've gone from quite a high level of expectation and sadly it seems to be, wavering might not be the right word, but certainly re redesigning this concept type sort of view of what you've said is... Is obviously not capturing you, and and, and you're, you're not. Well, you've got to remember, you've this is the guy that sung about the collapse of Western civilization. He's covered Taylor Swift in the style of the Velvet Underground, and he used to end his live shows with Nine Inch Nails' song "Closer." Yeah. So he isn't scared of trying out new things, but if you look at his last three albums they're very samey and now he's turned into a 50s jazz crooner without any hint of irony the whole thing it just sounds mm. like a poor South Park skit <laughs> have that put that in your pipe and smoke it the thing is I think you know 
you, you can't like everything and you can try and find a bit of sort of um you know quality within everything but if it just doesn't tick a box it's just not ticking a box i mean i really enjoyed reading more about him um i i kind of found him quite an interesting character i think he has had uh i think a baptist okay. upbringing i believe and i think obviously we know a lot evangelical i think evangelical i think so yeah don't don't quote me but he's obviously someone who kind of found music i, I no doubt as a, as a as a young man and or a kid and then kind of adapted it and like I said, Fleet Fox, brilliant band, you know, great fun. I always enjoyed listening to them um, and always, you know, um, still pop them on every now and again. So They've got better since he left. Woo! No, it's... Well, <laughs> I'm just joking. I think, well, I think they did, they did have, because he left after album one, I think, didn't he? And they have had some pretty pretty big successes without him. But again, that's yeah, just that yeah, could just yeah. be... Um, a bit of chemistry. I mean, he's, he's a, he seems quite a cool dude. You've obviously seen him live. And what, what was he like live, George? So when I used to see him live, well, say I used to see him live, I've only seen him once. When I saw him live, he used to howl on his delivery of songs. He used to, you know, he didn't scare people, but he was energetic. He was wild. He was pulling out of... Oh, Pulling up. <laughs> <laughs> aye, aye, sailor. He was um, pulling at his shirt and like making the audience respond to him. This album just seems a bit too cheesy. The worst parts of pruning. Something Michael Bublé would be proud of. Yeah, I mean, he referred to a bit of his back catalogue and you've said the last three albums. Um, I had read that he, and again, hopefully I'm right saying this, please contact the lawyers if I'm not, but I think he, he did struggle with, I think he's had depression in the last sort of five years or so and possible kind of drug use. Now, drug use in music world is almost like, you know, you've got to add it onto the CV to be credible sometimes, if you get me, but that maybe people's sort of mental state can adjust their output. And So what you're trying to say is... He was better on the juice. Um, well, I don't know. Well, it depends how you how you look at it because you know sometimes people can have a, a weakness within themselves that that changes their outlook, and maybe that's what I mean. Like so you're talking about a chap who was pretty high up in your album rankings. You referred to a couple early on, and then maybe he has changed. I mean, yeah. if he has had depression and alcohol and drug use has kind of followed that, that's going to create anxiety and a change of viewpoint. So maybe it's just where he's at the moment. Maybe we'll see a return to some of the stuff that you referred to. Maybe won't. Thinking about what you've just said then, I think he's best at turning the lens on himself and writing about his problems or his loves and his likes. He's not... He doesn't seem overly qualified. He doesn't seem overly mm. qualified to be doing a concept album about the decadence of Hollywood. Even when he has been, well, even when he does sing about Hollywood in Chloe in the next 20th century, it doesn't seem very heartfelt. None of it does. It just seems... A bit hollow. Hollow, yeah, absolutely. Hollow. Like, it's just whitewashing everything. But I have looked at other people's reviews because I thought, am I just not getting this? Uh, I want to see other people's thoughts on it just before we um, started recording. And yeah, it's very chalk and cheese. People love him or they don't, or they feel let down with this album and his last album as well. So, uh, but his last album, yeah, go on. I was gonna say, you're always gonna carry your kind of traditional fan base and it's quite nice actually, because I think sometimes, George, I say this with like all the manners that I should do. You and I have both been guilty of sort of fanboying and being a bit like, well, they can't do anything wrong, whoever they are. And actually every artist could do something that's not kind of where they've been or where they are or where they're gonna be. It's all down to personal taste and I think again it's good to talk to you because you have a deeper respect and understanding than I do and we've come up with the same viewpoint really I mean you've got a bit more qualification education to it but we've sort of come up with the same thought so interesting very interesting well I suppose at this point best place 
to move to is the rbr.music star rating. I hand this over to you, Jordan, with no envy at all. Fire away. What star rating have we given this one? So I reviewed this album on the rbr.music Instagram page and I tried to be optimistic and nice about the album just because I thought, you know, why be me and just try and find a good... And I've got a word count as well on the Instagram page, on the Instagram post, I mean. So I was trying to be positive. So I posted my um, review and believe it or not, listeners, I got a lot of hate mail saying that I was wrong and I need to listen to the album again and the album's awful. Well, I'm not saying it's particularly brilliant, but after the first three listens, I was like, oh, this is him back at his best. And then the more I've listened to it, the more I just can't be bothered finishing the album. So that being said, I'm going to give it, oh, goodness me, I'm going to give it three out of five. One of our lowest... No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to give it 2.5. Well, I was going to say one of our lowest scores at three, but certainly one of our our very lowest at 2.5. We very rarely, well, we don't aim to give any bad feedback, but we are trying to be honest and I think George you have summed it up and I think so if I can't get through if I can't get through an album yeah then it's like what you said before you're trying to find something good from it he's good his some of his lyrics are good but in this album but I'm hard pressed to tell you any right now they haven't like stuck in my head I was gonna say if, if, if your go to is some of the lyrics are good I mean every every album probably has some Good lyrics, whatever. Yeah. You know? So, so I think, unfortunately, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty damning outcome on this. Well, I suppose then at this point we need to attempt to discover some good, some bad, and some rad. Which every episode we discuss a good track, a bad track, and a particularly rad track. I'm going to start us off with the good track, George, just because I'm scared to deliver the bad track because I didn't even write any down because I just didn't know where to start because I felt like I was just almost picking something I didn't like and I could have picked it three, four, five times, sadly. Um, my good track, though, and I think you agreed with this, is We Could Be Strangers, quite a nice singer-songwriter's classic. I did consider Goodbye, Mr. Blue. I think they're very similar. I like them because they are similar. They tick a box for me. But, yeah, We Could Be Strangers, nice track. Yep. And again, with no envy, I'm going to pass the bad to you, Jord. Well, there's a few bad, really, um, but... To pick one out of the hat, Buddy's Rendezvous barely registers. It just doesn't. A lot of them just don't register. Yeah. It's just yeah. you could say it's background music, but you wouldn't even realise it's on. Yeah, no. I've, I've got to say as well. I, I know we're not trying to pick multiple bad tracks because we've sort of said that. I think the opening track misses a trick. It could be really clever, and it just doesn't hit a note at all. I think he's trying to be too clever for his yeah. own good, and it just misses the target yeah. on multiple. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. So yes, we've done the good, we've done the bad, and then the rad. And we talked about this very briefly before we start recording. I think we were sort of pretty much on on you know nail on the head with this one really. Faris, where with the rad track, Jord? So the rad track, just when it seems like the album might barely make an impression at all, Chloe ends with the next twentieth century, a brooding seven-minute epic with foreboding chord changes and an absolutely thrilling guitar solo. It has guitar fuzz, clacking castanets, clashing beautifully with with drums, possibly a drum machine. (laughs) It probably is a drum machine. And booming brass, booming brass. Am I saying brass right? Brass? Doesn't sound like I'm saying it. It is a sit up and take notice moment in an album that's easy to enjoy, but even easier to ignore. I think you're spot on. I think we we genuinely didn't even discuss what we'd go with and we sort of 
had our quick five minute recce before we started recording and we pretty much came up with exactly the same answer which means either we're you know been friends for too long or we actually have understood this album to its current position so well i think that says everything for us this episode i would recommend anyone to go and have a listen to this just to see if you can pull more from it than we have yeah again if you disagree george you've obviously had a bit of interaction with people already on the instagram and we like that that's why we do this um, it's why jordan has his passion for conversation and musical enjoyment but on that note nice one for listening everyone uh, do take some time to listen to some of our other podcasts recently and please feel free to have a listen to this album as well please tell people about the rbr.music instagram where you'll be able to find this and many more reviews new old and otherwise please like subscribe and feel free to leave any comments or even a review at rbr.music on instagram again thanks so much for listening Talk to you. Listen to Motorhead.